fictional friends and welcome to another episode of fully booked i'm megan and i'm shireen and it's officially april and we decided what better way to start this not quite spring here yet but it's basically spring at this point it's kind of yeah this (laughs) gross wet time of the year than to talk about because since we complain about the weather anyway in canada than to talk about canadian literature so that's what we're doing <laughs> for the whole month of um, April. We're going to be talking about everything to do with uh, Canadian lit. We're going to talk about some themes. We're going to talk about some movies that you might not know are Canadian, but you're about to. I'm pretty sure they're going to know this one. Yeah, but they don't necessarily know it's Canadian or that the Fair. author is either. So, haha. the actors are Canadian in this one. Some of them are, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, we, not we everybody had this is. discussion the other yeah, day. Yeah, no, not everybody is. I checked because I was like, <laughs> how many Canadians are there in this movie? A good few, but not all of them. I think it was filmed in Canada. Too. It was around yeah. Toronto. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't already guessed from, I don't know, like reading the title of the episode, <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about Room from 2015. And not The Room. No, no. <laughs> Oh, oh, some people are going to be so disappointed when they start this Maybe episode. we should do an episode on The Room. <laughs> not, not based on a book, but we could just do a commentary. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm so sorry for anybody who came, here looking, who came here looking for a good time. You're not about to have one. No, this is a sad movie. It's brilliant. Wonderful. Sad. So, so good and so, so sad. And now I've watched it twice I've and I would like times. to not watch it again. So, yeah. um... We're gonna we're gonna get into this film, which was incredibly criti- <laughs> critically lauded, um, nominated for several awards, won a good number of them as well, and uh, yeah, I don't even know how to start off this episode properly, other than to give a blanket trigger warning: um, kidnapping, assault, captivity, uh, mental health, suicide, all kinds of things. So just. Keep that in mind. If this really, really does bother you, if you've seen the movie and this really bothers you, if you want to skip it, I get it. That's fair. We'll see you next time. It's fine. Fair. Um, but I'm just letting everyone know ahead of time, if you're not incredibly familiar with it, there are um, very many different things that happen throughout the course of this story. So we will touch on a good number of them. So just keep that in mind going into it. But other than that, I think we can get started. So let's get into it. And let's talk about Room. I think you would be afraid. Hello, Jack. Thanks for saving our little girl. Are we in another planet? Mm-mm. Same one, just a different spot. No matter how sweet the I've been in the world 37 hours. That's us. We push. I see windows and hundreds of cars and birds and grandma and grandpa. Jack? Someone here would like to meet you. Yeah, and can I just say, the first time I watched this, I had no idea what this movie was about. None. Me neither. Zero. I just heard that it was really good. I just heard it was really good, <laughs> so too. So we were like, oh, and we should I, watch it. And I had seen, like, you know at Indigo, how they put, like, Heather's picks on the um, oh, book? Oh, yes, 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 So yes. I had seen the book sure. numerous times, never read it, and then the movie came out, mm-hmm. and it was up for all these Oscars, and so I was like, cool, like... I'll just watch this. Yep. No idea what this thing was about. I thought it was some sort of like, like feel good, like cute, like mother son like, story yeah, kind of thing. That yeah. is not what this is. I mean, it is, but it's also not. You like, know? It, yeah, it is, but it's very much not. All it takes a while time. to get there. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Room is based on a novel, a 2010 novel of the same name um, by an author named Emma Donahue. Donahue. Yep. Uh, she's actually Irish Canadian, mm. and. 
It currently has, unsurprisingly to everybody who knows what this film is like, an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb and 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Brilliant. Yeah, well, okay. So this is like probably one of the best movies I've seen in like the last like 10 years as far as like a really well-made film. Yeah. But it is definitely one of those movies that you said exactly what you said is correct. I went into this movie basically blind. I hadn't read a synopsis. I hadn't read anything about it. I don't even think I'd seen a trailer for it. No, me neither. I had no idea. There you go. Um, Went went into it totally blind. Got to the end of it and was like, that was fucking brilliant. I don't want to watch it ever again. I think I, the entire time, like, you know, when you're like watching a movie and then you like pick up your phone sometimes and you're like kind of not really paying attention. <laughs> That's I you think, in I every <laughs> movie that you watch. Ever. Yes. But this one, every time I've seen it, my face is just glued to the screen mm-hmm. with my mouth open. Like, how is this happening? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, uh, Room is the story of, uh, Joy Newton, I think is her name. I believe you're right. It is um, Newton, I think. Yeah. She, so... What's so brilliant about the book and the movie is that it's narrated from the perspective of her son, so the little boy Jack, um, who's turning five. And he, you know, if you go into this movie blind, you have no idea what's happening. You're just listening to what Jack is saying. And it's his, his perception of the world based on what his mother has told him to protect him. Yes, and let him kind of, I think, go on believing. Um, yeah. So Jack is five, yeah. right, at the start of the story, and he's um, he was born in a place that he calls room, which yeah. is basically what we see, what we find out anyways. It's a shed, like yeah. an out, like a backyard shed, basically. It's like, I don't even know how big it is, but it's really not big. It's very tiny. Yeah. Um, in a small shed, he has never walked outside of that shed before. Um, he's never been outside in the world. And he so to no him, notion no, not really the world. other than what he sees on TV. And so he's, for him, room is the only thing that's real and that exists and he thinks everything else, like he explains everything, that it's it's magic that comes from outer space. That comes from the TV and yeah. that comes from outer space, which is what he sees through the one skylight that exists, yeah. which is like the source of natural light that exists in the shed. Um, and yeah, everything that he knows in the world is room and his mom, Ma. Ma. Um, who is the only other person that he really knows. Um, so basically the character is... You kind of don't know exactly what's going on for the first, like, maybe 10, 15 minutes of the movie, I would say, because it's just Ma and Jack in their room. With their routine, like, you know, they're they're doing their little exercises. Breakfast exercises, all that sort of. They're doing their little crafts. They're watching TV. And, and like, Jack is explaining things, and you're kind of listening to him, and you're like, that's weird. So, okay, so this, like, the beginning of this film, I think, could have just as easily of the story in general, because basically the film and the the book are exactly the same thing. Um, The Basically, the beginning of this story, to me, could have been... A, like a post-apocalyptic story also. Like I it thought could that's be, what it yeah. was. Like I was like post-alien invasion. Or like post-apocalyptic world. Like yeah. I knew that she was keeping something from him. For sure. I just couldn't figure out what it was. No. And I was like, why are they locked in this place? And I thought it could be a cult. It could be post-apocalyptic. It didn't even occur to me that she had been kidnapped by somebody. Yeah, so basically... You know? Seven years prior to the start of the story, what we're given to understand eventually, what we find out later, and I'm just going to want to run through like the general plot of this so we can talk a little bit more about some of the themes and some of the bits and some of the incredible performances in this movie. So good. Um, are that it turns out Joy, 
seven years earlier was what 17 i believe at the time i think she was yeah 17 or 18 she was quite young because she's only in like her early 20s now yeah. so um was walking home walking from home from school came across a man who said that he was having trouble with his dog who needed sick. her help and that his dog was sick or injured or something of the like she was a nice and trusting person and decided to go and help him and unfortunately he kidnapped her and he had already had this shed set up yep. soundproofed yep and, and with a lock on the door that yep. only he could open with a code. Yep. So he kidnapped her, stuck her in there, and she has been there ever since. She has been there for seven years. Um, he obviously was regularly coming in and sexually assaulting her, and that resulted in her getting pregnant with Jack. Yep. She never allowed this man to see Jack. No. To talk to him. Nope. So Jack has only ever spoken to his ma. Um, yes. He thinks that he and Ma and who they call Old Nick, and we find out she doesn't even know this man's name. Because why would she really, Why right? would she? Um, these are the only people who he believes are real. Yes. And so, um, you know, as the story's unfolding, you know, Joy finds the strength. And, you know, I was watching it, and I'm thinking, you know those days where you feel like you're just hanging on by that last thread? Oh, that's like every day for her. That's like every day. Yeah. Like, I was just like, how can this woman stay strong enough to keep this little boy it's going. because of him though it's i think that's why him. because i believe i and i truly believe they do they touch on it a little bit throughout the course of the story but i truly believe that she would have taken her own life yeah. at this point had it not been for jack when he came into the world everything shifted for yeah. her and she does still suffer from as you would, serious depression while she's stuck in room with Oh, 100%, Jack. yeah. She protects him from everything. You know, he says she has her gone days. Yeah. Um, where she's she, obviously I don't think too she depressed to, and, to get out of bed. Um, and, and he just entertains himself, basically. Exactly. Um, and then she decides one day that, you know, Jack is five now and it's time to get out. And to explain to him what's really gone on, yeah. what their circumstances are. And what they might need to do to get out in the first place. Because she does explain a little bit as well that there have been times where she's tried to get out on her own too yep. and it hasn't worked. No. Um, so, you know, they have this, there's a point where they have a very serious conversation, which, oh God, it's so good. Anyway, um, because she's explaining to him, you know, I couldn't tell you this before because you were too little, but you're five whole years old now. You're so smart. Yeah. And I think that you can understand this. My name's not actually Ma, like it's Joy. Yeah. And, you know, I tried to help this man and he took me and, you know, Jack is, again, five years old. So, of course, obviously it's natural for him to reject this at first because it's a it's like an overload of information oh, for yeah. him and so you know at first he's there and he's like no that's not true no that's not real and he tries to like 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 not listen to her and ignore her and be like no you're making things up haha whatever kind of like whatever because it's like you know how would your brain process something like that especially at that age if that's all you well, knew? I mean like he grew up being told that the world is a certain way and now she's undoing everything she taught everything him to keep him safe yeah right? everything that he thought was the way that it was, it turns out really isn't that. And that all the stuff he sees on the TV, those are real people mm -hmm. and stuff. And, you know, at first he does reject that idea. But within a short enough period of time, he comes to understand that she's telling the truth. That's mm -hmm. really the case, you know, because they he watches the TV with her again. Then he starts being like, oh, okay, so those people are real mm -hmm. outside on the TV. And she says, yes. And then, you know, they're watching cartoons. And he says, but that's not real. And she says, no, that's exactly right. Like, that's not real. You're getting it. Mm -hmm. And because he's a little older now, she's figuring 
now might be because he can understand better now might be a good time to really try to get the fuck out of there yeah. if and, possible and so she comes up with a plan she you know pretends that jack is sick because she'd had a fight with old nick and you know he turned off the power to teach her a lesson yeah because so, he's a piece of piece of shit. shit um this man deserves to burn um anyway so uh you know she devises a plan Jack pretends he's sick, yeah. Um, but old Nick is a piece of shit, and he doesn't want to take Jack to the hospital. Yeah, because she's asking what she wants. Basically, she says, "I want like you know, we're going to pretend that you're sick. He's going to take. I'm going to ask him. He's going to take you to the hospital, and then when you get there, you're going to say to the doctors, 911, like help me, please yeah. call 911. I need police." Yeah, and so old Nick does not take him to the hospital, and so she realizes in a moment of brilliant acting that. She needs to go one step further yes. to save herself and get Jack to pretend that he's actually dead yep. um, so that old Nick will take him. And so it's just this brilliantly anxiety-ridden scene. Like, I've seen this movie before and I knew what was going to happen. And you're but still nervous. But I was nervous. still stressed out. So Jack does a brilliant job of pretending he's dead. She wraps him up in a rug. They put him in the back of the... Well, he old Nick puts him in the back of the yep. truck to... You know, bury him Presumably somewhere. Presumably go bury him in the middle of the yeah. woods or something. And Jack gets out of the rug and he jumps out of the truck. And luckily, um, there are passersby and they're, they realize very quickly that there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, Jack is very traumatized. He really struggles to speak. Yes. Um, I was so angry. There's two cops that show up. One of them is a woman and she's, you know, trying to kind of get the information <laughs> out of Jack. I think you can really tell that this is written by a woman because the female cop is the one that's more like, no, it's fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And the male cop keeps being like, well, should we call CPS? Just call like, child we, services. Yeah, should we call like, CPS? There's something like, wrong with him. We're not going to get anything out of him. He's not talking, blah, blah. And she's like, no, just wait. 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 Yeah. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him the questions yeah. over and over again. And she does. And eventually it takes him a few minutes, but he does realize like these are police and I think in his brain that also means like, yes, I can. So he finally is able to like bring himself to actually start speaking to her a little bit to explain where Ma is. Mm -hmm. And it's just the way, I think even the first time I watched it, I was so amazed by this little actor, Jacob Tremblay. So and the way that like, I know, and I know based, because I read the book as well, this is how he speaks in the book. So this is why the lines yes. are the way that they are. But it's the way he speaks speaks and the way he sees the world like you know she's trying to say like where is this place and they're driving around the cops trying to figure out where where his ma is yeah. and um and he says you know we got to three slows and I tried to jump out but I couldn't and she figures it out she's like I know exactly signs. yeah I know exactly she where says it it's is gonna be around here it's three yeah. stop signs blah 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 so they figure it out and look for a shed with a skylight in it because he explains that there's a window where you can see outer space mm-hmm and yeah. he's like, no, it's only, it's in the ceiling. And she's like, okay. So anyway, it's so great. I remember, I think the most anxiety inducing part of this whole sequence when I first watched the film, yes, part of it was when he's trying to get away from old Nick and like, thank God there are people around um, who actually help him mm -hmm. and call the police. But I think for me, the most anxiety inducing part of it was when they're with the cops and they're going back. I was so worried that old Nick would have gone back and killed Joy. Oh, I was certain there was going to be something like, cause like I was, waiting i was like fuck 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 please like, tell me she's okay <laughs> like old nick like in that scene where jack's trying to get away from him yeah and the people like there's a man with a dog saying like you know hey 
okay? Is everything okay? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And he realizes there's something wrong. And Jack is, like, fighting and trying to get away. I'm like, he's either going to just pick this kid up and, like, toss him in the truck. Or, like, you know, what's he going to do? And the fact that he just let Jack go because he realized, like, what's going there's on. There's a lot of people There's a lot of people. I was like, oh, my God, thank God. And then when they're driving back, I'm like, she's dead. She's so dead. Yeah, like, you that's, know? oh, God, they've, oh, God, he's killed her. Yeah. And, like, taken off somewhere mm-hmm. or something. And you're like, oh, my God, no, this is terrible. So... Mm-hmm luckily thank fuck that's not the case um and they're able to like you know they're able to be taken to a hospital and you know properly examined and things like that and this is this is so interesting because the i guess the big it's funny because we're like you know barely halfway through the film and the big anxiety inducing portion of things like the action part of things is over Mm. and now it's all about the aftermath the of mental that. healing of like living in these yeah. conditions which is really good that that that's given because i do think that i do think that that's really good because um so much of the story like you don't see like you know you get a couple of instances of joy explaining how things happened in the first place but you don't see um you know the flash like any flashbacks or you don't mm. see any aspects of like when she was first there on no. her own no. really all you see are once jack's already with her yeah so I think it's interesting to be able, from a different perspective, to kind of for her to be able to go back and examine, like, and have, like, her trauma and all that stuff, but really from the perspective of someone who's already been through all of it, not someone who's still currently experiencing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, they get checked out. They're fine, but the doc, like, they're physically fine. But yeah. you know, clearly the doctors want her and Jack to be kind of put, like, hospitalized for, like, psychiatric reasons you know um and i think joy is in still in survivor mode like she's been in survival mode for seven years and i think she's still like no like i just want to go home like that's all she's wanted for seven years is to go home and she goes and nothing is the same and yet like when she goes back to her room her childhood room oh nothing i'm so heartbroken for her because i'm like that is so cruel to leave that like that like like take some of that those posters off the walls like just make it like yeah like a, a, someone else's room you know what I mean like yeah it's it's sort of a double-edged kind of thing because for her parents and stuff I can understand so I do appreciate also that you know you get to see um really different aspects of how all of this has affected so many different people yeah. so okay so since this has all occurred and unfortunately this is something that happens obviously um you know she finds out her parents have divorced within that seven year period her mom is I think remarried or she's with another partner mm-hmm. now who's really nice oh my god he's that lovely. character so I sweet. love him I love that actor I always forget his name mm. I've seen him perform on stage too because he's done stuff at Stratford at the mm. theater festival he's really good mm. he's really good I really like him um uh, you know so she's Anyway, so she's gone back to the house, and like you said, she's had to experience that's it coming back into a moment frozen in time that she's so disconnected from now yep. that I, I don't think she knows how to react to it. Yep. And she also, at the same time, has to be helping Jack yep. adjust to the outside world, yep. which is, I can't even imagine how overwhelming that must be. And he does such a good job at just accepting it, you And know? I do think something about kids that's good too is that they're kind of able to compartmentalize yeah. a lot of stuff and just enjoy the good parts yeah. of life. <laughs> and I think, you know, Joy seeing how Jack is able to kind of accept that, 
you know, this is the new reality and like, yeah, it's a lot to take in, but you know what? Like, cool. Let's just yeah. go with it. I think she then starts to struggle to be yes, like, she why is he not finding it difficult? Like, why doesn't he find it worse? Yeah. You know, why isn't he, why, because, you know, because it gives her less to do, which I think she's yeah. having a hard time with. Because he's have been her, purpose anymore. he's been her whole world yeah. for five years. Yeah. And I think she doesn't know what to do other than to just help Jack manage things. Yeah. So then she has to start managing her own emotional baggage. And then she has to start like listening to those thoughts in her head. Well, and- she has this really good moment also where I'm like, yeah, okay, that's it. We're like, you know, uh, like, yes, unhappiness is there and her depression is there. And that also builds anger and tension and resentment in her. Um, you know, part of the thing, like in her old room, she's looking through photo albums yeah. and she's showing Jack photos of her and these three girls who were on like a relay team, like they a track, a and, track field and field yeah. team together, who she was obviously friends with when she was in school, you know, and she says to him, and it's, it's really well written because she says she was like, you know, do you know what happened to them? And he was like, and he's like, no. And he's just like playing with his toys. Like he's not paying attention. And she's like, nothing, nothing happened to them. They just lived their lives Mm. and they went on being normal and they never had to deal with anything. And she's pissed. Like, she's just pissed that this happened to her because, you know, you can't help but be like, why? Like, why did I get chosen for this? Yeah. And like, you can understand the anger that she feels because she's, again, she's been trying to survive for so long Mm -hmm. and keep herself sane that now it's like, okay, so I got out. Now what? Now what? You know? I think also, I would like to point out too that like, you know, I know it's not an incredibly regular thing, but things like this do happen. People are found after having been in captivity for like a decade or more sometimes. It Mm -hmm. does, it does happen. There are times where like cases like this have occurred. I guess if I could think of something that like sort of like this story in general, in general sort of reminded me of, um... There was a man in, oh my God, I'm going to check because it's going to bother me. The only one that's coming to mind to me is the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. No, that's very different. That That's a cult. That's oh, like a bomb know, yeah. shelter cult thing. Yeah, but she was also kidnapped. Yes, that's true. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, okay, sorry. Is in It was in... Cleveland in Cleveland in Ohio um between was it 2002 and 2004 a I'm not gonna call him a man because he was like a fucking monster named Ariel Castro uh kidnapped oh, I remember this three girls yeah. and held them in his house in Cleveland for about 10 years until 2013 one of the girls, her name was Amanda, she managed to escape with her six-year-old child who she'd given birth to while she had been with him. Um, she managed to get to the door and get neighbors and then managed to get them out. So that actually, I find that, I find this story has shades mm. of that to me. I was watching this with my husband and I said to him, like, you know, I understand that, like, murder gets the longest sentence in prison, but to me... This also deserves an equally long sentence to imprison someone regularly, rape and assault them, force them to have a child, like whether Mm -hmm. they want it or not, like I don't know, I can't speak to that, and then keep them in captivity with that child, like yeah, you you really need like some serious punishment. Oh, 100%. Um, All of those people, I like chemical castration should just be like a thing for all of these people who do things like this. I just, I don't, I think it should be an automatic, even if you're not going to extend the prison sentence, the least you could fucking do is that. Anyway. Anyway. 
Um, um. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So I mean, like there's part of you that thinks like when you're, when you're watching or reading the story, there's part of you that's like, how is this fucking even possible? Like this is insane. It has happened a couple of times. It does happen on occasion. That's- it's insane, but it does happen. And people are actually able to escape this, which is wild yeah. um, and incredibly brave. So, which also that's something that people bring up too. That's really good. Is Jack is very brave to have agreed oh to God. do what he did. And I know he it's because he's very so young brave. and doesn't quite understand yeah, the full extent he's of so it. He's so brave. Yeah. He saved his mom. Like, you know, when she does, so she, there's a scene or they go through this part where she's, so she's refused basically like, like therapy, like psych- psychiatric help. She thinks she can do it on her own, which you yeah. can understand. And then she goes through this media interview where the journalist or the reporter or whoever it is mm-hmm. is asking her like, you know, did you ever think that maybe you should get, have given up Jack, like, when he was a baby? And you can see her face. She's and like, it's what like, do you mean? What do you mean? Like, why would I do that? And it's like, well, you could have given him the chance at a better life, yeah, like a normal childhood. Basically, the interviewer is asking her, like, did you... No, I don't mean, like, get rid of him, obviously, but I mean, like, did you ever think of asking old old Nick, whatever his name fucking was, doesn't mm-hmm. matter, um, to have maybe taken him to a hospital yeah. or somewhere where he could have maybe been, like, adopted and been outside of you know, outside of cat, like, you know, captivity and been able to like live a normal, a normal life and yeah. stuff. And first of all, you can tell that it floors her because she, it never even occurred to her to do that. And I think that's because Jack was her lifeline yeah. and her only real reason for continuing to live. Because I guarantee that if he had not been there, she would have found a way to kill herself at some point. Well, I mean, there's only so much some you can take. Yeah. Like the fact that she lasted two years, I don't know. I think again that survival instinct kicks a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, but yeah, and I think like her face is just so shocked, and and then they show her mom who's like wiping away tears, and when I was watching it, I'm like, oh shit, her mom thought that herself. Like she probably had she, that thought and then felt guilty for having yeah. that thought in the first place. Yeah. And I do, I really like the dynamic in the story of the parents mm-hmm. and how each of her parents handle this. So we haven't talked about this, but her mother. Um, overall adjusts quite well to this and to the idea of Jack being with them now. Like, you know, like, look, first of all, your daughter was found after seven years. You might have thought that she was gone at this point. Um, And second of all, she comes out and she has a child. Like, you have a grandchild that you didn't know existed um, that was born from, unfortunately, assault. Yeah. But that's still an innocent and a child and someone that you would... this child saved your daughter. Yeah, that's it. Saved themselves and your daughter, which is wild. Um, But I I think her mom goes into mom mode. She does. But she's also... It doesn't surprise me that mom adjusts better to this because she's a mother. She's mom. Like, it's, you know... okay. And I don't mean that as any offense to dads out there. I don't mean anything like that. But... Yeah, just know. in my personal experience yes. myself and what I've Me observed too. and people who I know who have children yeah. there's something about being a mother there's yeah. something about giving birth to a baby or being the motherly figure to a child that means that you have a really deep connection with that kid and even and with the decisions that they make whether or not you agree with them and so right. I think that there's a level of understanding from mother to another mother yeah. that will be had and I think that's why her mom adjusts well to it her dad does not unfortunately and again okay so it's really it's easy to be mad at him no but you get it as well but it's also but I like that there are so many realistic shades to this so the father for he I guess he lives somewhere else now whatever but he comes back to the house with him for a period of time but he can't even acknowledge that Jack exists he can't look at him no he can't look at him because to him I think all he sees is a product of assault against his child yeah and he can't 
maybe down the line, we never see him again, um, but throughout the course of the story, but maybe down the line, things could get better. But there is like a good scene where that's it. Like he can't bring himself to do it. And Joy gets very angry. Yeah. Understandably. Um, And again, it's one of those where like, you know, I feel like the first time I watched it, I was like, geez, I was like, really? Like, it's not his fault. He's just a kid. And all of that is still the case. But I think that like the older I get, the more I also kind of see different shades of things. Mm -hmm. And the more likely I am to be like, I disagree with the way that he reacts to things. I don't think that that's right. But at the same time, I can see how someone would have trouble for sure accepting something like this. So I like that there are really realistic reactions mm. to this and that you get both sides of the spectrum and neither of them feel forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that sentiment. Um, and I think, you know, there's enough people in Joy and Jack's lives who are there to support them, you know, yeah. without question that it, it gets them through this whole situation. Yeah, you know, so, like Jack really bonds with his grandma. Yeah, Leo, which is really nice. And he, he has a chance to do that, unfortunately. So unfortunately, because of Joy's choices um, earlier on, not to really seek treatment for her mental health or to really, you know, work on things, to really try and like speak to anyone and to open up to anyone, which again, given her trauma is probably very understandable Mm -hmm. um she unfortunately does attempt suicide at one point and um it's jack again who saves her who saves her because he finds her um which is terrible and so anyway luckily she's like physically she's okay and they're able to you know get her to the hospital and everything make sure that physically she's fine and then she stays away for i guess a number of weeks i don't really know how long it's supposed to be i'd say close to a month probably she's maybe longer maybe longer that's it she's a way to really be able to properly um work on things and work on working through at least a portion of her trauma i'm sure you can never get over all of that but work through a portion of her trauma with proper mental mental health care professionals and everything and not feel I think by the end she doesn't feel like she has to bear the weight of everything yeah, herself anymore like and she can start fault. to yeah. <clears throat> she can start to accept um help from other people whether they're mm. professionals whether they're her mother yeah whatever the situation might be um so we're able to you know they're able to really find a little she's able to find I think a little bit more peace in that mm. and a little bit more peace in her own relationship with herself as a person as a mother mm-hmm. as well um so then by the end of the film um they do decide because Jack says he wants to go back to room because he want he I guess because he spent so long in the outside world now he wants to see it again and maybe get like a closure well, was, it was his home it was right? his home like, for five for him, years for him room wasn't the same thing that it was for her it wasn't right? confinement and, like, for him it was just life but oh my god like before that like that exchange you know when she comes out of the hospital and she's talking to him and she says sorry for what she did oh my god and she and, says i'm not a good mom he says but your mom but your mom yeah. and i'm just oh my god Which i was is, sobbing it's, because it's like <laughs> how many women out there feel like they're not doing a good enough job as mothers and their like, kids even if would, they are doing a fantastic yeah. job but and don't realize that their children never think that about no. them because for their kids like you well yeah but you're my, but my you're mom, mom so i'm like, not expecting you to be any other way than no, the way that you like are. you just are who you are yeah and like that's you and Oh God, that killed me, you know, but I think it's such a good message. Yes. Um, and I think it's, it's one that's going to stick with me. Like I don't have children, but I, I'm sure, you know, that eventually like there's got to be those days that, you know, if I do have a kid, it's going to be shit. I'm not doing a good enough job. Like I'm not doing the best. I should be better. Like there's other mothers out there who are better. 
but your ma, you know? Yeah, but you're my mother and you're like, I think that that's it. We forget that children don't have expectations of us like this. No. Um, and that's something that, no, not at all. That's it. And that's something that's interesting, but they are able. So at the end they do go back to room, um, with like a police escort, obviously, because I'm sure nobody's going to buy that fucking house now. (laughs) Um, or if they do, they're going to tear down. Demolish it. Yeah. If they do, they're going to tear down that shed. But anyway, (laughs) um, they do go back to room and Jack says goodbye to everything. So when he woke up, he used to always say like, good morning, bed, good morning, <laughs> lamp, good morning, table, good morning, chairs, like, you know, all the little stuff around room. Yeah. Um, so he says goodbye to all of it. And then, you know, he says, okay, say bye to room, ma. And he like wanders out at the end and she doesn't actually say it out loud, but she kind of just smells like bye room. And then yeah. they're able to, that's like, I think their little moment of closure and they're able to kind of leave. I know. And then you think that you're like done crying at this movie. <laughs> and then Jack starts narrating again. And he's like, you know, Ma and I decided because we don't know what we like, we're going to try everything. We're going to try some of everything. And I'm everything. just like, yeah. <laughs> so they're, you know, so they're able to experience, they like, they go out to eat and they spend time with obviously her mom and yeah. Leo, her partner, her husband or whatever now, yeah. um, and are able to, you know slowly but surely and again it's good that the movie doesn't end with like suddenly you know we're living in our own place and everything's all perfect and stuff no that's not going to happen anytime soon it would take years for you to be able to do that so you know they're able to work through a lot of things and she's able to work through a lot of what she needs to work through and it's good because then it kind of puts them in like a much better place uh by the end of the film and they're able to experience new things together Mm. which is really nice Mm. So heavy. Yeah, it's very, look, it's a very heavy subject matter. Um, Obviously, it's not something that you're going to be like, woohoo, this was such a good time when you watch it. It's not like a feel-good thing. And and it's actually very true to the book. So we both read the book. Um, It's very true to the book, but... The difference is, I think the book... So I watched the movie first. I think you did too. I did, yeah. And I felt that the book was even more jarring because, like, even though Jack is narrating, there has to be more details in the book because you can't see things, right? No, no, no. So it's always going to be like that. And I do think, I guess, the film gives you certain slightly different perspectives because you do have certain scenes that are from Ma's perspective which you don't get in the book right which makes sense again because all of it is told through Jack's perspective Mm -hmm. and it's all narrated that way I believe that Emma Donahue co-wrote the script for the film and I think executive produced it so that none of this surprises me because that's why like that you usually get a much more usually get a much more faithful adaptation when that happens a lot of the time Um, and yeah it's brilliant it was nominated for all kinds of awards I think Brie Larson won an Oscar, a Golden Globe, and I think like a Screen Actors Guild Award or something. She won Didn't a ton of Jacob shit for Trombley that. Jacob Tremblay win too? He was nominated he was for nominated. stuff. I don't know what he did or didn't win in the end for it. Um, but they're both like uh, brilliant. And I remember even at the time when the film like was, you know, on the award circuit and stuff, you know, all she would talk about was how great he was. Yeah, it won Best Actress, Brie Larson, Mm -hmm. Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay for Emma Donahue. Yeah. And Best Direct. Oh, no, sorry. These were the nominations. Oh, yes. Okay. But Brie Larson won Best Actress. She did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, And, you know, it would have, this would have been like a tough kind of thing to take on. Although any, for anybody who's not aware, Brie Larson's a very outspoken activist for, um, sexual assault survivors and for gender equality as well. She's done a lot of... Go Brie Larson! Yeah, she's done a lot of work in those scopes. Um, and so anybody 
who didn't like her as Captain Marvel can just fuck off because really, like, who cares? Nope. Don't care. I don't care. You know that you know that film was review bombed on purpose because during the press for the film, she had indicated that she thought that there wasn't very much um, gender equality and diversity as far as the interviewers were concerned. She was like, yeah, a lot of them are like white men and I think that there's a gap there. And hmm. people were pissed so they review bombed the movie. Yeah, well, they yeah. can all suck dicks. Yeah, so um, this, this film is excellent. Obviously, the book is also very good. I will never reread it, but it was really good. <laughs> and I couldn't even tell you if the book was better. Honestly, they're both brilliant. I and, do. And I would say that the book... Even though very, very, like, the same as the movie, yeah. it's also worth reading? It is. No, no, it is. I agree. I agree. It's one of, I didn't regret reading it after I watched the film. Yeah, I didn't feel all. like I was watching, like, a copy-paste of the movie No, either. that's it. There are enough different aspects, and, yeah. you know, you get enough of a difference between the two um, to, I think, really appreciate them both for what they are, so. I agree. Yeah. But have you, have you seen this movie? A lot of people have seen this movie, but have you? <laughs> it's been out for a while now. You never know. <laughs> Um, you can let us know over on Instagram at fullybookedca, and you can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And if you are still over here with us after this kind of heavy episode, you can feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening because it really helps us get the show out in front of more people. But until next week, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>